Merry Christmas. I will admit after the initial waking up uh, from my, what I'm calling a nap uh, from last night, because after good masses, I just can't sleep, and so I think it was like 1.32 o'clock. But as I woke up, uh, after thanking God for another day and, and remembering this Christmas, I was reminded, uh, for whatever reason, of that line from how the, the Grinch stole Christmas, and his heart grew three sizes that day. And I thought, well, that sounds like a rather medical, uh, serious medical condition. So it just lets you show where my mind perhaps is. But as the day is going, as I already said, at the 8.30 Mass, the, the thoughts are getting more pious. Of course, it's not hard to get more pious with such an impious thought at the beginning. Today, as we gather at this Mass during the day, of course, we have uh, readings that don't explicitly mention the Nativity, don't explicitly have anything to do with uh, that uh, pious imagination that we've uh, gained over the years of reflecting on the inn and the or lack of space in the inn or the shepherds or the angels. But rather we have St. John's reflection of what all of that means. And I personally, I like these readings that we have for the Mass of the Day so much more. Not that I don't like hearing the Nativity story or the other readings, but this, this is elevated and it helps us to remember the one that we remember was laid in that manger existed before time, that he was begotten of the Father eternally. Begotten, not made, as we'll pray in a little bit in our creed. That he was with God from the very beginning and all things came to be through him. And that he comes to us as light to illuminate the human race. That light shines in the darkness and the darkness will never overcome it. And yet, why is it we think that the darkness is going to overcome it? Why are we so easily filled with fear, with trepidation? Why is it we allow our hearts to get so perturbed? Jesus Christ is the Word made flesh who dwells among us. If we ponder a little bit, and of course this day is about pondering and uh, remembering that Mary gives us the perfect model as the Blessed Mother, St. Luke, keeps re recording as she kept all these things, reflecting on them in her heart. And we ponder with her all the th various things. And, and as I keep saying, I hate being a, a balloon buster, but I, I feel like I have to. Uh, so often we have that pious imagination of Joseph and Mary going door to door from inn to inn in Bethlehem and not finding any room, being turned away from establishment and it's, uh, after establishment. The difficulty with that is Bethlehem was a small town. The chances of there being an inn, highly unlikely. In fact, the word that St. Luke uses that so often is translated in is only is used twice in the Gospel of St. Luke, and both the second time it, it clearly is not referring to an inn, but rather a guest room, the guest room of a family home. St. Mary, or St. Joseph and Blessed Mother had to, had to keep looking, or had, uh, had to leave that guest room because there was no room for them. And that gets me even more disturbed. They weren't turned away from establishments. They weren't turned away from businesses. They were turned away from a family, their family. And we don't have any evidence that the family came around to the stable, came around and 
peered into the manger. Why? It's a reminder to me that all of our families need to make room for Jesus Christ, not just in the guest room, but everywhere. But we rejoice in the fact that it was to shepherds that God revealed the Son. They were among the first, after St. Joseph, of course. And as the angels saying, you know, they were given a message, do not be afraid, for today is a great day. A child is born for you, and this will be the sign. You'll see him in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. That's an odd place to place a baby. Maybe we know this. It's a food trough. And they, with joy, run and see. As they hear the angels singing what we've just sung, and what we sing every Sunday outside of Advent and Lent, and every solemnity, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to people of goodwill. Or some translations, peace on whom God's, peop- God's favor rests. They understood at that moment peace comes from God. They were among the lowest, the most un- uneducated, perhaps the, the least faithful. After all, taking care of sheep is a full-time job. They were seen as the lowest of the low because so often shepherds began to smell like the sheep. And sheep don't smell so good. And they smell like exhausted grass. You can imagine that. And yet, it was to them, the lowest of the low, that means that there's a spot for each and every one of us. The high, the low, the mighty, the not so mighty. That, that we too now are invited in. We're invited to peer into that manger, to peer into the very mystery of Who's lying there? That's Jesus Christ, the Son of God, made flesh. If you remember back, if you were here uh, the first weekend of, of uh, Advent, I shared that St. Luke is very concerned about telling us uh, the proper times and places. He's trying to help us situate the whole uh, life of Jesus Christ in a particular time and place for good reason. One We're not following cleverly devised myths, as St. Peter will tell us, but rather we're following Jesus Christ, who was born under Herod the Great in the reign of Octavian Augustus. He was born in Bethlehem, in a real place, at a real time. But St. Luke also tells us, without, without telling us out front, that it was a time of relative peace, the Pax Romani, And I find that, as as I put the Christmas story together with history and put it together with what we are dealing with in our world this day, there's so many similarities. We live in a world of relative peace. Relatively. We know there's division and there's discord and those things, but we're not a, a nation at war. And yet, there isn't true peace so often, that peace is so tentative and so, uh, so easily broken. We've seen it in the last 21 uh, months. keep losing count how long it's been since the lockdowns and all the, those things. We see it in the downturn in the economy. We see it in, in the failures of, of our leaders sometimes. 
not making a political point, but a religious point. We see it time and again in the division and the false divisions that are sown among us, the racism that, that is so often proclaimed because of an act of two, two or, or, or few people that are just caught up in something more or something less than racism. We have that peace of this world so easily taken from us. And like the people of the time of Jesus, we need to remember peace does not come from the external. If it does, we'll never have it. Ever. Peace comes from Jesus Christ, who comes to dwell with us. That we've received his grace in place of grace. That we've gone to go from from good to better and from better to best time and again when we come to Jesus Christ we experience his peace we experience his grace we experience his life this is what it means that Christ is born for us as I keep trying to point out and, and uh, that anytime the church uses an adverb or adjective anytime the, the authors of the scriptures the evangelists or others give us an adverb or adjective pay attention Anytime they repeat something, pay attention. And today, we've had an adverb that in all, last night, all four sets of, of mass readings, we've had that adverb there. Today is born. Not just 2,000 years ago, 2,021 years ago or 22, depending on who you listen to. Not just then, not just an historical moment, but today is born for us a Savior. The peace that God gave to the world 2,000 years ago is the peace that he gives to us today because it's the same source, his son. May we experience that peace. And may we not be like that family with, uh, that did not have room in their guest home, the guest room for Jesus Christ. May we find room for him this day in our families, most importantly in our hearts, and that we would live that peace out in the world the world that needs the peace of Jesus Christ.